Andy. And this is Chelsea. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast on which we watch very special episodes of television from the past to see what they have to teach us today. Today, just in time for Christmas, <laughs> we are going to be uh, talking about the TV movie? Yes, it was a TV okay, movie. fantastic. Yep. Today we're going to be talking about the TV movie, The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Yay! This premiered back in December 17th, 1985, and it was written by Jules Bass and uh, with characters by L. Frank Baum, who also wrote Wizard of Oz and mm-hmm. that whole thing. Boy, howdy. So yes. every year <laughs> now is our annual tradition because, as we've discussed, it only takes two years to make an annual tradition. Uh, Chelsea and I each choose a Christmas thing to watch, and Chelsea, this is the one that you have chosen for us. Yes. So this came out in 1985. It was on CBS. Uh, It was the seventh and last of the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, the their Animagic stop motion specials, mm-hmm. uh, which also includes Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Rudolph. Although there's like a bit of a musical component, all of them except for this one have a celebrity narrator. It was a right. big Christmas tradition. This was the final one, 1985. It's hard to find online, but apparently since 2018, AMC airs it at the holidays. The this one. Yeah. Okay. This was my favorite of all of those. Uh-huh. I mean, like. Rudolph's also a, a classic, real sure. good, the Island Misfit Toys and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. But this one had a real, like, Lord of the Rings flavor to it. I was I was describing this to somebody earlier, and I said, it's as though L. Frank Baum read the first couple chapters of Lord of the Rings, and he's like, well, I think I got it. But it predates Lord of the Rings. Does it? This is The book was written in 1902. Then I changed that story to, to be Tolkien, Tolkien read reading this, yes. the first couple chapters and be like, well, I could do better than yeah, this. Yeah, I was. I thought it was, before I realized this was based on a novel by L. Frank Baum, I thought this was... This had come about in 1985, which was prime, like, Jim Henson, yeah. Willow, uh, Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. Rats of Nim time. Yeah. And I thought this was, like, a Christmas take on that. But this is way older, this book, than any of that stuff. Right. Um, so I don't know really who we have to blame, but I I oh. enjoyed it just as much as <laughs> I did. The writers put their name on it, so... <laughs> I love this, and I wish that I could buy a DVD of it or a digital download of it, and I just can't find one anywhere, and it's making me really sad because we, of course, had a VHS tape of it that we taped off the TV. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I love it. I, I watched it again. I knew all the songs and sang along and loved it. Sure. I have no problem uh, admitting that I found a crappy copy on YouTube, which uh, I realize now a lot of the scenes were missing, and at one point somebody coughs in the background because it is somebody just filming their TV while the thing plays. And I was like, oh, it's not bad quality. It's just somebody who's like, I don't understand how digital transfer works. But oh, no. I don't let I don't let a lack of knowledge stop me. <laughs> no. So before we go any further, let's go ahead and do our So you never watched this as a kid? Oh no. Did you watch the other ones? The other sure. ranking best? Oh, the okay. more acceptable ones. <laughs> the more mainstream la- lame yeah, stream okay. ones. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Oh, you got me there. <laughs> I'm sure this will hold up to scrutiny. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I watched the other Rankin Bass ones. I, I watched uh, Rudolph, and I missed I miss a lot of those though. To be honest with you, the one with the guy who's who's digging for peppermint. Cornelius. Oh yeah, Yukon Cornelius. Cornelius. Here's yeah. here's a fun story. Here's a fun Hollywood story. When I first got to town, scraping together uh, freelance jobs and things like that, a friend of mine was a property manager. 
there was a tenant in her apartment complex whose floor was collapsing because they were hoarding Mm-mm. their... Hold on. It's actually more acceptable hoarding. This is West Hollywood. Uh, they were hoarding all of their records that they'd had from the days that they were a, a disco DJ. Oh. Yeah. Uh, this was Disco's a 60- or 70-year-old gay fella. We just moved boxes after boxes of records from one room to another while I tried not to make eye contact with his erotic art. Uh, <laughs> oh but for and the most West Hollywood story it truly was. I've ever heard. And then at the end, he was so grateful. I, I don't, I, he must have known that I was getting paid. This wasn't just like, hey, I really want to help somebody carry boxes. He was like, here, um, uh, you can have this. And he gave me like a Yukon Cornelius doll. <gasps> That you know, if you if you flipped a switch or something, it went silver and gold, silver mm-hmm. and gold, and I didn't want it, so I gave it to my friend Josh, <laughs> and uh, Josh gave it to his kids, who also did not want it. And if I'm not mistaken, when I first gave it to them, they turned it on, and one of the kids kicked it in the face, <laughs> and then the batteries wore down, and it started going. The end of that story. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. I've been through a lot. That's the opposite of what happens in this movie, which is that kids get toys they love. Well, something dies. <laughs> I feel like maybe the council met and were like, hey, we need to make this Yukon Cornelius doll immortal. And they were like, fuck no. Gold. So, um, no, I did not watch this. I watched the other ones. <coughs> Halloween tradition, or holiday, excuse me. Christmas traditions, we didn't really watch a thing consistently. I remember uh, the a Christmas movie with, no, Santa Claus the movie. Santa was played by the guy in The Big Lebowski, who's actually The Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah, okay. He's played by that the guy. And there's a elf uh, played by Dudley Moore who's like, mm-hmm. can't we just make this more automated? And he accidentally invents candy canes that explode. Uh-oh. And then John Lithgow's a bad guy uh, CEO who's like, well, let's sell these exploding candy canes. Don't see, we don't want you anymore. That's my John Lithgow impression. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. See, I haven't seen that one. So John Lithgow as Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> don't you see, we don't want silver and gold, silver and gold. That's getting cut because I could hear that spiking <laughs> in the program. You were just so excited about John Lithgow. No. Um, yeah, so before we get into this glorious holiday movie, let's talk yeah. about the glorious holiday snack uh, for our Levi Petrie Memorial Snack Time Hour, except he's still alive. Yeah, what the fuck about this? Um, <laughs> we just spent an hour we, yeah, we just, on it. Uh, after, it's okay. glorious. So as per usual, if you want this to be your Memorial Snack Time Hour, except you're still alive, first of all, you have to still be alive. <laughs> Fucking one requirement we have of all of our listeners is you must be living. Mm-hmm. But if you want to recommend a snack, we're all, we're all ears, but unless you pay for the snack and send it to us, you cannot be the memorial hour. However, we do mention you if you've suggested a snack and then we get that snack. Yeah. You get a shout out. I don't know. uh, We need more credentials than that because this shouldn't have happened to us. (laughs) Like we have nobody to blame but ourselves. We bought it. We decorated it. We're about to eat it. Uh, Josh Miller sent me a picture. Just that's it. Like uh, super innocent. Of today's snack, uh, and 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 texted, what about this for a snack? And that's how we ended up here today. And Chelsea, what is our snack today? This snack is the Oreo Holiday Chocolate Cookie House. So, 
You've seen a gingerbread house. You've seen a pseudo gingerbread house. It's you've actually seen an Oreo. <laughs> That's actually. You've seen a real house. <laughs> <laughs> you've seen the ravages of diabetes. What if we roll them all into one? You've seen, Oreo. You've build seen, your own bad idea. <laughs> You've seen those fake gingerbread houses that are actually made with graham crackers, which I'm still not sure how we got there. But <laughs> you, you don't want to start this out by being a fucking purist, dude. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to start denigrating other snack treats. Please continue. This is the holiday cookie house. It comes with some pre-baked pieces, mm. icing, Oreo cookies, Oreo mini cookies, fruity gummies, and candy jewels, which are like little round runt-like things. Yeah. And a trade all build it all on, mm-hmm. and we we worked the three of us at this thing for a solid hour, and yeah. I think it looks awesome. I have my reservations about it, but as I'm a not participant. A real problem was that a bunch of the Oreos arrived smashed. Yeah, luckily we had some Oreos on hand to thank supplement. Goodness. Yes, thank goodness um. we always have emergency <laughs> Oreos ready to go. It does look good. Here's the problem is, there's two problems. The box, <laughs> look this up. The box art is like fantabulous. And there's no way you can, you can create things like this with the tools that you are given. No, you would have to have like a piping bag and you would have to have like real icing instruments. So you have this glorious house. And then the second problem is on the back are all of the directions, which is, well, why don't you put some icing in this tray? Why don't you put some icing on these basic pieces? Why don't you put those two pieces together? And then make a masterpiece of it. It's like the <laughs> next picture is this completed house. Like the picture before it is these blank pieces and like a couple arrows. And then just a completed fucking house that's gl- glorious. <laughs> you know, you just make, you do one, two, three, and then uh, steps nine through a hundred yeah. are up to you. Yes, those those are, yeah. The, the problematic areas are, are actually uh, not included. So we did it. We built this thing, and I don't know how we're going to eat it. Uh, I don't know how much of it we're going to eat. Yeah. We didn't plan very well, folks. Yeah. But, uh, that's it's, almost, never... it's a shame to have to break it apart, but I guess we do have to. Also, the box says that one serving is 127th of this house, which, fuck me if you know how to determine what 127th of this house is. I think the Pythagorean theorem can help us out here. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna break down this house <laughs> like a bunch of wealthy thirties landlords. Here's the problem with this shit. There's one problem? <laughs> uh, here's many of the problems with this shit. You, you want it to be like, you want it to be a house made out of Oreo. And it's not. It's some sort of substandard. Like oh, the so we, bad. We both took big chunks of the roof. And it's like a substandard Oreo thing. But there's more of it. And it's not as sugary. And the frosting isn't as good. It's just. It takes like chocolate cardboard. Yeah, there it you go. hurt my teeth after a few bites. My teeth hurt as well. This is the first, the first snack that has felt like an act of attack. This this thing did not want did not it didn't want <laughs> yeah. to exist in the first place. But now that it is, it's angry. Also, uh, an Oreo plus a 
gummy bear in the same bite or like a gummy Mm-mm. drop Mm-mm. is not not Mm-mm. what you want ever. No. No, it's not. So, um, yeah, where are we going to grade this thing? Well, first of all, oh Miles. First of all, before we get oh that Miles, far, when did you get here? <laughs> it was a joy putting this thing together. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. you have to you have to I think put that into the equation here. Sure. What a great time it was. It brought it brought us all together for an hour. And we weren't fighting one another. Golly, we were working with one another in the joy and the decoration and the joy. Sure. Uh, all right, man. God, am I really the only? Okay, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> just, it was look, fun. It was don't... way more fun to build it than to eat it. I'll say that. <laughs> I'm just going to say, Miles, it sounds like the way you're making it sound is that we are a, we're all three of us are in the middle of some kind of divorce. <laughs> and you're like, well... <laughs> Building this house, at least it was one moment where no one was fighting, and it felt like Christmas. Yeah, I thought it was fun to build, not as fun to eat. Uh, what are we going to grade it? No. I mean, like, no. it approaches an F for me. It hurt my it teeth. Been a, it would have been a solid F, but then fucking Miles threw himself in front of it and was like, no, not to my baby. You mean joy? How about it's an F, but it's for fun. It's a, it's a D, and it's only not an F because it was fun. If it had come pre-assembled, it would have been How an about F. It's a D, but it's for, damn, Miles, are you okay? <laughs> Uh, also, yeah. I'm gonna. I took video. We all took video of us yeah. putting this thing together, and that's gonna be on our Instagram story. Witness the joy. <laughs> yeah, see how great we're getting along. Uh, let's talk about a goddamn oh, no. episode of television. Let's do it, Chelsea. Uh, it might, it might. You might already be aware that one of these uh, writers wrote something else. L. Frank Baum wrote all of the Wizard of Oz's mm-hmm. that ever lived. Uh, yep. But what about that other writer, huh? Uh, so now it's time for a special holiday. You ro ho 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 what? <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jules uh, Bass wrote many cartoons under the nickname or the pseudonym Julian P. Gardner. Including this one. This was He wrote this under Julian P. Oh, Gardner. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. So I guess he's ranking him Bass when he's directing or creating. Mm. And then or he's Jules Bass, Bass when he's... Uh, yeah. And so he's Julian P. Gardner. He co-wrote a future episode that we will be tackling <laughs> at some point. The Thundercats episode, The Garden of Delights. Oh, man. Description is, Tigra stumbles upon a magical garden and meets a talking flower named Silky. It's somehow an anti-drug PSA. Yes. You'll have to trust me on a this. A lot of the same voice actors um, from Thundercats are in this. Yeah, dude who plays Mumra is the one of the bad guys in this. So, Chelsea, Chelsea, I have so much to say about this episode. Where do I start? At the beginning. Fucking, what a, <laughs> why, that's the most obvious idea ever. The, the language have, is so much I smell so much burning toast. <laughs> Chelsea, the right side of my face is numb. This is not a sitcom. At the beginning? This is, <laughs> this is somewhat heightened language. So... Also, I will say, I of the things we normally watch that I have to kind of shoehorn into the hero's journey, yeah. this is like straight through the hero's journey without missing a beat. I yeah. mean, it's so it's so old school hero's journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything that's called the life and adventures of anyone sure. is probably going to be it written might as well in 1902. Be the heroic journey of Santa I mean, Claus. The Wizard of Oz is one of the most yeah. 
the most steady hero's journeys in fiction. So absolutely. Um, yeah. So this is going to stick pretty closely to the path. So of course and, we open in the ordinary world. Well, uh, First things first, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to uh, judge this as though it were a sitcom trying to make some kind of a point. I know it's a Christmas TV movie mm-hmm. thing. I think it has a moral though. Maybe it's not a, a very special episode in this sort of like warning you, know you away from something Chelsea, way, but in a teaching you a lesson way. I think you're right. I think this does have a moral. I wonder if we'll think that it has different morals, though. Let's get into Probably. it. Probably. <laughs> okay, so there's an opening shot, pre-credit shot of Santa and his reindeer flying over the world, uh, singing a song about... For all the girls and boys, we carry the toys that will fill their hearts with glee. And then Santa says in voiceover, in all this world, there is nothing so beautiful as a happy child. So now we know this is Santa as we know him. This is Santa as we think of him today. Sure. The next thing we see is a title card that tells us we're going back in time. What? How long? An age. Oh. Yeah. It says the forest of Bursey an age ago. Boy. I'm in already like totally sold. All right, fair. Little Chelsea, current Chelsea. I'm just like, yeah, give me that font. Let's do this. That's fantastic. The very next thing that happens makes me roll my eyes so hard. <laughs> I haven't found one of them yet. Uh, a sound imp yeah. uh, rushes in and says, hey, everybody, I'm going to make your ears bleed. <laughs> uh, so it's a sound imp named Tingler. Tinkler. Uh, Tinkler. Uh, oh, that's better. Yeah, like bells tinkling. He's covering jingle bells. Cool. So he tinkles. And lest you think that the bells are the most annoying part about him, you haven't met his personality. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's a fucking walking... He's like walking small talk. I want him to fucking die. So his his whole... His whole fucking thing is that... He's a goddamn. He's he is a hangnail made plane. He's an anthropomorphic hemorrhoid. Oh. Yeah, he's no. Don't feel sorry for Tinkler. him. That's how he's gotten by so far. <coughs> Tinkler is a uh, sound imp, and what that means is he knows all the languages, animals, and humans. Yeah, don't don't worry, people. And immortals and everybody. He can yeah. speak to anyone. Sure can. Yep. And often does. He knows who he's talking to, and he knows what their language is, but that's not stopping him from like, throwing in like 20 languages. Here's, here's, so yes, he goes around, he's like, hello, bonjour, uh, guten tag. Just like, he just throws in all the different languages, yeah. and then, oh, because that's bird for hello, fucking hooray. <laughs> and that's fine, once. <laughs> but it is 47 minutes of this fucking dude. <laughs> Here's what I got on him. Uh, I say the character Tinkler is like a target art that says live, laugh, and love in every known language, except it follows you around, loudly (laughs) announcing itself. And it seemed like a great idea at the time, but it quickly becomes tiresome. Also, it jabs you in the eye with knitting needles. Wow. Yeah, I fucking hate this dude. Sorry you hate him so much because he's in so much of the movie. I know! (laughs) The two are not unrelated. Oh, the next person we meet is the great Ack, A.K. a proto-Gandalf type. Sure. He enters majestically. He's got big horns on his head, like stag horns, and a long flowing robe, and a long flowing beard, and, and white flowing hair. The great Ack tells Tinkler to bring him the leaders of the immortals to the council table. So all the immortals from all over the world are coming to the forest of Bursey for a big important meeting. 
a beautiful fairy enters. She has like an egg sack on her head. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. It's weird. And her name is Queen Zerlene. Mm-hmm. And the great act says... If he doesn't convince them all, tonight will be Santa Claus's last ride. And I'm like, what the fuck? Christmas in peril. It's happening. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen, though, because Santa Claus is clearly still a thing. Right. Still it, a thing. This does happen a lot, though, and it is jarring every time where it's like, we better get that council together because Santa's about to die. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight he will die. Um, so then the immortals arrive and I really actually got chills. I remember watching this as a kid and just be, it's like the parade of nations at the Olympics. Like it's It's so good. There's chanting and singing and they're all so beautiful and different. Okay. Um, I wrote down all of their names. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. So these are the immortals and they, uh, they arrive through some sort of doorway, I guess. Yeah. And then they, the immortal portal, you know, (laughs) so you're the immortals. The queen and, and fucking don't worry about it. Tinkler's gonna announce every goddamn last <laughs> one of them. First is the queen of the water spirits, who's a lady in blue dress, and then the lord of the sleep phase. Yeah, who has a little farting wand that makes people go to sleep. He really doesn't seem to be able to control it. Next up is no, he doesn't. <laughs> Next up is master of the sound imps. Yeah, and if you look closely. He, he sees Tinkler, and Tinkler's like, hello! And he kind of just waves very half-heartedly and keeps on going down the stairs. I know it's an animation thing, but it does look like he's like, yeah, I see you. Hey, Tinkler. I'm going to wave to other people, Tinkler. He's uh, technically one of ours, but... Uh. <laughs> The next up is the Commander of the Wind, who is just Count Chocula wearing an eyes wide <laughs> shut mask. The Commander of the Wind demons. And he scared me as a child. Did he? Yeah. He's scary to me. Did you not kid. realize that he was just Count Chocula in an eyes I wide didn't, shut I mask? I hadn't seen wise, eyes wide shut yet. Well, so. That's your first mistake. Yeah. That really, if you want to feel comforted as a child. Uh, the Grand Duke of Night Elves, who's just Liberace, uh, <laughs> with Flash and Twilight. The Princes. Mm-hmm. And then Protector of the Nooks. And that's when I wrote down, writing these down was a bad idea. <laughs> and then, But then it, it ends with the King of the Riles. Yeah, the King of the Riles we don't get explained. Nooks we get explained because yeah. Peter Nook is a big character in this. Also, and a lot of stuff gets brought up and then not fully explained. And a lot of things happen super, super quick. And the little bit that I could find written about this online said that the book, which I now want to go read now that I know it exists, is sort of massive and huge chunks were cut out and amalgamated. And um, that's why the movie feels like, oh my God, this, this, now this is happening. And events just happen very quickly with very little in between interstitial stuff. And it's because they're just jumping through the highlight reel of the book, basically, which is pretty significant in a 50 minute TV movie. I mean, it holds together. It is definitely like, wait, Shouldn't we have seen that? Yeah. Okay. Yes, but now we have the call to adventure. So everyone is gathered. The The great council to adventure. I called it the Fellowship of the Claws. (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. It's pretty good. The Fellowship of the Claws is convened around the council table, and the great act tells the assembled group that Santa Claus, beloved of all the people of Earth, will tonight take his yearly ride, and when he returns home, he will be visited by the spirit of death. And he further says that all, of all the men who have ever lived on Earth, none has so deserved the mantle of immortality. And the rest of them scoff. They're like, Santa, who's this man? But they agreed to hear the great Ack out. Yeah. Uh, so the, the great Ack, 
who, by the way, is the deity who's worshipped by Kathy from the comic strip. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's going to convince them by telling them the whole story of Santa Claus. And let me tell you, it's a good thing they're immortal, because this dude is not abbreviated. He might as well be commander of the long-winded demons. He might as well be an ant. (laughs) Fucking kill me. Um, (laughs) So that's a very clear call to adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is, in, in many ways, because all the events have happened in the past... What we're watching is actually the great axe journey, and he has to make the compelling case uh, to get what he wants, which is for Santa Claus to have the mantle of immortality. Santa Claus has not asked for it. No. That he, not, neither does he know that this uh, fellowship has been convened, but he mm-hmm. uh, is old now and about to die, and, and he makes so many people happy that the great axe is like, we gotta, gotta, we gotta, we gotta let him be immortal, guys. I know one human being... And we got to right. make this one immortal. My one friend. So let me get this straight, Great Act. <laughs> you have one human friend. But people like him. And this is the guy you want to become immortal. Yeah, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> right. So the story starts with the Great Act finding Santa in a fucking pile of snow. <laughs> yeah, so the ordinary world will be the special world. Since the immortal world is the ordinary world, the ordinary world that we live in is the special world. Sure. Right on the edge of the forest of Burzee, mm-hmm. lo, these 60 years ago... The great act comes across an abandoned baby, and he also go. He makes sure the immortals know how terrible it is to be a mortal, and how ter- how hard how hard it is outside. It's hard out there for a pimp and immortal and immortal. Uh, yeah, if you don't, if if you're unclear about that, the whole rest of the movie is going to be like, man, people suck, huh? Yeah, truly. So he rescues the baby and he gives it to a lioness mm-hmm. called Chiagra, yep. who nurses the baby and, and takes care of him. And um, the great act declares that this baby has his protection and no one in the forest is allowed to mess with the baby. And then it does a weird cut back to the council table, but it's a different time. I got confused. Anyway, so he, he finds a baby, gives it to a lion. As you do. <laughs> sure. You know, simple one plus one. Jungle Book two. rules so yeah, far. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a shitty animated claymation Mandalorian. <laughs> um, here's an irresponsible parent. Let's give him a cute kid. So, yeah, so, he straight up even says if I hadn't told Chiagra not to eat this baby, she would have. 100%. So he's talking to the rest of his. The fairies. The fairies and yeah. nymphs and things like that. And one of the nymph wonders what a baby is. <laughs> yeah. It's just fucking human. She's like, I want this baby. Well, she's she's confused because they they always have been as they are because they're immortal. Yep. They don't have like a childhood phase. Yep. More than that, Chelsea, there are not, children are not allowed here. No. And they're going to sing a whole fucking song that's pretty much no babies allowed (laughs) no babies allowed she sneaks off anyway to the cave where Shiagra has the baby and Shiagra now likes the baby and is like snuggling in she's doing this while they're still singing the song yeah I've written it down till the last trumpet sounds till the first cracking of doom no fucking kids It's just a whole song where they're like... It's the same song they're singing as they're coming down the stairs. Fantastic. Only you can hear it, the lyrics this time. Sounds like all the immortals are really on board with this no kids allowed No thing. kids. Um, except for the two princes, weirdly, of the... Of, never mind. Flash and Twilight. The two princes of... Are they supposed to be kids? Night. I don't know. They're younger than the Duke. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Again. I'm sure the book would go into more detail. So the first cracking of Doom, though, Chelsea... <laughs> We can't stand them kids. <laughs> <laughs> so her name is Nisil, this fairy, and she sneaks off to go find the baby, and she's looking at him from a distance, and she's saying to herself, surely I can look after my young trees and a baby as well. A child, 
maybe that's what I've been missing all these years. And she starts to sing about how, like, having a baby will fill this void in her heart. And I was like, I was oh. cut out of mine. Really? Yeah. It's a long, boring, cheer up, Charlie kind of song. Sure. But it's basically like, maybe this is why I cry all the time. Jesus. Maybe this is why I have such a hole in my life. And I feel like if there had been more of a these baby will fill characters in the woods, MTV would have made a program about this. <laughs> this feels like... Immortal and pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most troubling song in the show to it's me. It's not great. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not a thing to be All right, but keep in mind kids. that that was... That was cut out of the one that I watched. Oh, interesting. Okay. Or maybe the guy who taped it off his TV just didn't like that they don't song. Like this one. Um, cough all the way through it. The, <laughs> the upshot is Nasil kidnaps the baby and later yeah. days out of there. Immediately, as soon as she kidnaps the baby, the great act notices a disturbance in the force. It sure does. So here is the dumbest <laughs> thing I have ever heard. So, all right, here's what we end up with we end up with a immortal Mexican standoff <laughs> where it's like the great acts like you can't have that baby and she's like oh, I want that baby and the lioness is like I'm gonna murder somebody <laughs> yeah lioness is super upset Axe says hey you can't have a babies can't be here if you didn't hear the song doesn't matter because that's <laughs> the law and the Peter Peter Nook is like yeah it's the law what are you gonna do it's a fucking law and the seal says but you made the law so if you change the law Nobody would be mad that I broke the law. And everybody's like, <laughs> fucking check me, great hack. Ain't nothing you can say about that, dummy. And he's no, like, oh, you got me. It's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, Queen Zerlene even says something like, oh, I think she's got you there. She and really I'm like, everybody's like, no, Ooh. what she just said was make an exception for me. I'm going to try That's that on a cop sometime. <laughs> I'm saying that right now as a way of saying goodbye, everyone. <laughs> I was going to say you're never going to Wait a second. You're in charge of the law. So if so, you don't enforce the law, nobody's going to be mad I at you. I didn't break it. Yeah. Peter Nook, we should say, is in charge of all the animals of the forest. Sure. He's like a spirit that has a long tail. And he's in charge of animals. So the end result of all this is that the great act decrees... That although no human has yet penetrated the forest of Burzee, Nisil will be allowed to raise the baby and Chiagra the lioness will stay to protect them. And Nisil names the baby Claus, which she says means little one in the language of their forest people. And I'm like, you should, mm. that would have been a funny joke if you named him Claus because the lioness protected him that with her. That would be good. Also, claws. I can't help but notice that you're saying in the same language. His name will be Claus, which means little one. You've got a word for little one. It's little one. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. There's it's a weird like language work. thing where because it all has to be in English, you can understand it on TV. There's a certain part where Tinkler is talking to the great Ack, and he's like, I can't understand you. Speak my language. So then he starts again in English. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing happens later with Claus where... He's Tinkler saying something and Claus says, speak in Bursey. And I'm like, if you're going to do that, then we can't understand it yeah. either the first time. Yeah. But or maybe just leave that part out. Maybe, maybe Bursey is just English and yeah. then we just move on with our we lives. We just move on. Well, maybe. now we get a montage. Oh, we sure do. It's of the, Claus growing up. The montage song of, of Claus growing up, which has another fuck you kids bent to it. <laughs> There's a song called Babe in the Woods, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Babe in the Woods. And this is not a fan. This song is not a fan of children. Uh, here are some, some choice lyrics. <laughs> the song is pretty much like an old grumpy dude going, man, join now, kid. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to join the army someday. Uh, Babe in the Woods thinks the, wor thinks the world's all fun and laughter, doesn't know what's coming after. Those are the first lyrics yep. of this song. <laughs> 
Uh, another line is, hasn't yet learned his fears. He's still wet behind the ears. Hasn't yet learned his fears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my favorite, lives, uh, lives beneath a shady oak, thinks it's all a great big joke. <laughs> That's directly a grumpy old man. Did they just say, hey. Get serious, uh, kid. Hey, Irving, could you write this one about a kid growing up? Oh, I'll write a song about a kid <laughs> growing up. Fucking hate a kid. You better grow up. Uh, all right, man, just. <laughs> Maybe tone it down a bit. Um, we get so, the idea, though, because he's, like, rolling in four-leaf clover and, and touched by fairies and, mm-hmm. and, like, playing with animals that Claus is having the best possible childhood uh, sure. that a human could have, which is going to come into play later oh, yeah. in a big way. So this is uh, the main gist. And also, Tingler is teaching him languages, so he knows yeah. all the languages of the world, which will they also come into play later. legitimately skip away to their lesson. Yes, to their language lesson. Bye. So now we're in, we're deep in the main storytelling, the test allies and enemies portion of the hero's mm-hmm. journey. And Claus is a, a late teenager. He's like 18 or 19 years old at the end of this montage. Yep. And the great act says, you have to leave Nasil and her sisters to go on a journey with me to see mortals. Claus is a little confused by this, but the great act is like, you are a mortal and you, you should see what they are like. Yeah. He doesn't say you have to leave, but he says you you should at least know like what your people are like. I want you to know you're different than us, and I want you to know right. how different. In My case copy, you were assimilated, let me remind yeah. you. Lest you think you're the same as us, you're not. <laughs> right. uh, my copy cuts. Tingler is saying some stuff, and then it jump cuts to the great Ack and Claws alone on a mountaintop with the, Ack, uh, the great Ack going, hold on to my belt! Oh, there's a little tiny bit before that with Nasil mm. where she asks him to call her mother. Oh, I heard this um, part when you were watching. Yeah, that. which I guess he's never called her before and she says it's a human word for a person that has a child and so he calls her mother and then they go uh, on this journey. The great Ack is able to fly through the air and circle the globe and Claws... Yeah, like you said, holds on to his belt. It's not good. It puts Claus's face right and uh, right in front of uh, the the little ack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> do you think? Hold do you on, think that on, there is a little ack because on. they're immortal? The, you don't think he's got an ack edge? Oh my god! Yeah. 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 My answer is is here's another joke. <laughs> they don't seem to eat and they don't procreate, so I don't know if there is an ackage down there. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? It still doesn't we'll never look. know. How about this? Behind the robe. Fucking hold on to the side of my robe. <laughs> hold on to my hand, maybe? Yeah. I made you this cool backpack. Hop <laughs> right. in. So when they land, the great access, we're going to be invisible. Mm-hmm. No one will be able to see us, and we won't be able to interact with any of the events that we see transpire. So first thing you do, if you want to know about the way humanity works, is you go visit a turnip farm. You are going to get the most... <laughs> negative, uh-huh. bleak view of humanity from the great Ack, who apparently thinks that <laughs> all... The <Ack> is, <laughs> again... Hates us. Yeah, well, this is where the moral of the story comes in for me, is pretty much, fuck humanity. Yeah, the great Ack is not a fan of humanity. No. And also, it's probably around the 1600s? Sure. 1500s? I don't know. It's hard when to did, tell. When were turnips invented? Oh, turnips. 1608. 1608. Yeah, yeah. so it was probably 1610. Um, so... They land on a turnip farm, and there are some serfs working uh, for this pissed-off guy who, I guess, is like a like a tax collector, like a turnip collector, but he's dressed like a friar. If it's the if it's the feudal system, then he's yeah. the 
basically the overlord of the fields, and he reports to the, the lord of them. Right. Manor. He's giving him a lot of shit about, sure these, is. about that low turnip Give yield. Give me goddamn turnips. And like, it was raining. He's like, ah, you gonna fucking work through the night day. He looks, he, he sounds nothing like that, Not just so all. you're clear. Hey, sense. how cool. You better give me fucking turnips from my, my turnip spaghetti. <laughs> And then the 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 littlest kid who's an orphan uh, tries to steal a turnip and gets caught and has to give it back. <laughs> this guy shoots him in the <laughs> face. Imagine this kid in a corner of the field gnawing on a raw turnip. <laughs> Things are bleak. <laughs> Thank goodness it's gotten so much better now. I yeah. mean, so, I'd fucking kill for a turnip. <laughs> so then they go, uh, Claws and... Um, so, of course, Claus is upset, and he tries to intervene, but they can't do anything because they're invisible. Yeah, invisible doesn't mean you can't do stuff, by the way. It also makes him seem seem a bit like an ethereal... ethereal. It's, a real, it's a real Christmas carol Yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's what we're doing. So then, so then we go to the manor house to see uh-huh. how the other half lives. The, the lord of the manor, the guy who's getting the turnips carted over there. Is bitching about <laughs> poor people. Turnip after turnip. He's just bitching about how poor people want to do audacious things like eat mm-hmm. and read and write. Yeah. There's just so much fragility happening. And his kids are stuffing their faces. His wife barely, she just keeps going, mm-hmm. She doesn't have any actual lines. And he's saying, like, if they learn to read and write, then soon they'll want what we have, and that will be the end of all of this. And it's a real, there's a real, like... It's a real Eat James the Bond rich undertone yeah. happening here. Real James Bond the writers. spilling the whole, the, all the goods. Yeah. Yeah. Claus is like, uh, nope, I don't want to be immortal. I don't want any part of this. And uh, the He's great like, act's like, too bad, because yeah. you were born one and you are we one. You got a ways to go, champ. Let's see how <laughs> they do it in Japan. Yeah. And let's just say the music for each of these scenes is not very sensitive. No, well... Uh, we go to see some samurai in training, some ch- child samurai, mm-hmm. and their adult teacher who is just basically beating on them. Sure. And again, Claus is not a fan, and he starts yelling like, he's just a kid, he's just a little kid. And then he turns to the great act and he says, kids shouldn't be fighting, kids should just be like happy and rolling around in clover like I was when that mean guy was singing about how it wasn't going to last, and I didn't even realize it wasn't going to last. <laughs> that mean guy was me, the great act. <laughs> Um, he's like, well, let's go to a place of commerce, dummy. Yeah, a Middle Eastern sort of bizarre flavor. There are homeless beggar kids there, and Claus is like, I want to help them, but he can't do anything. And then we go to a two-man war. It's the dumbest thing. (laughs) They're standing in a field, and like... I don't know what the distance is, but the distance is equal. It's equal to... How far away do they need to be before we can just make them, like, paper? <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, so it's, the great act says men kill each other when they disagree. And we uh, and he says get, we're going to go to a war, but it's just two, it's just two, two dudes. dudes in a field. One has a sword and the other has a mace, and they're just whacking each yeah. other. Um, you know wars. <laughs> you know war. And then. Is this the first war, maybe? <laughs> they're <laughs> they just figuring have, it out. Man, they're workshopping it. I don't want you to die, but how do I make that happen? <laughs> do I just stand here and hit you while you hit me until one of us can't hit the other one Let's anymore? Let's just try to hit each other. Do we need more people? No, this two feels right. Two feel feels like, right. Yeah, I feel like the effort, it's, it's really the journey of war that's the most right. important part. Um, so then they get back in the air. Claus asks the big questions. What is man's use? Why is he here? What was, why was he born at all? Yeah. And so the great act says... Claus becoming a philosophy student. <laughs> and the great act says, to leave the world in some way better than he found it, you must follow your star and try to bring a measure of love and joy to the world. And I was like, 
oh, holy shit, I feel like this is the foundation of my moral compass. No, you think so? I feel like this is the germ of what I believe to be man's purpose on earth more than like the 18 years of Catholic school Um, that I went through. Yeah. Anytime I sort of wonder about like why on earth I was put here and we just got real deep, the only thing I can figure is like to try to improve the things I can improve and make people happy instead of sad. Like that's the only thing that feels true. Well, I mean, as long as I've known you, every time that you've happened upon people fighting with medieval weapons, you're like, please stop. Guys, stop. Here's a toy. Take this toy. Toy? (laughs) That wasn't invented until 1615. (laughs) So like the fucking next they're like, bye Santa Claus. Yeah. So Claus is like, I got to go out into the world and help the boys. It's like the next day. He's like, I can't stay here anymore. I have to go help the mortals, but I want to come back and visit sometimes well they're like will you come back and visit he's like i guess can i and they're like yeah do you want to and he's like yeah why is this an issue i was gonna just come until you asked if i were gonna come and now i feel like it's a thing is it a eh? you can call on us i was gonna call on you (laughs) now i I feel like it's a whole weird thing what the fuck (laughs) this is my home maybe i won't go but call us before you come back uh Okay. <laughs> he says my favorite line, which is, when he's talking about the world, he's like, it is a hard and cruel place, but I have to live there. <laughs> it's, akin, it's akin to, you don't have to be crazy to work here, but, but it, it helps. helps. <laughs> you don't have to be a cruel mortal, but, uh, but it, it helps. helps. So, so Claus, of his own volition, decides that he's going to go help the mortals in the world and Chiagra the lioness and Tingler are going to go with him yeah. much to Andy's chagrin. Fucking much, uh, yeah, I get it though. They're like, hey, why don't you take the fucking lion and uh, I don't know, let me just pick somebody around Tinkler. <laughs> Tinkler should take go him with, with you. you. Take him with you. <sighs> and then they all skip off into the woods and Great Ack is like, okay, so that's that's Tinkler gone for a good 50 years. Cool. We don't have to worry Let's about Let's find him. another mortal and pawn off some of these other assholes. <laughs> So they they reach uh, the Laughing Valley of Ho Ha Ho, right, where it is well, always winter, and Claus sees snow for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they go to they go to this valley. This is this is the epitome of when I'm like fucking <laughs> fucking Tinkler. If they go to this place and, and Santa Claus is Santa, who's now he, I'm sorry, he's Claus, clearly just still Claus. Claus. He's like, what is this place? And Tinkler goes, be quiet, listen, and then 500 words for the word listen. <laughs> Before he finally stops talking and gives it a half a second and then gives him 5,000 words for snow. Yep. You could have just been like, it's fucking snow. <laughs> I need escucha. <laughs> Miej. Uh, uh, yeah, Claus yeah. likes it. Uh, he says, we're going to make camp here. This and- place is called the Laughing... I wrote this. This place is called the Laughing Valley of Ho Ha Ho. Is that foreshadowing of the laugh to come? Yes, it is. Well, he gets his <laughs> laugh from the valley. All this is like origin story, so it's I get all it, this but is it's like, like. Wait a second, ho ha ho! What if it was ho oh, ho ho? Claus, your is that how he laughs? No, that's a place name. Actually, it it's where he lives. So Claus is like, let's make camp in this place with no other humans. Like I left. This is the shittiest <laughs> climate we've come across. Let's sleep here. But then the next morning he wakes up and all the the mortals and the fairies and the great act have come and built him a big house and, oh, and workshop. Okay. Uh, that makes sense, but then I guess there's a cut, 
and then there's just a village there. Yeah, so there's a cut. So and people are like, this house looks pretty cool. Let's build a house next to it. Yeah, or maybe there was a village give nearby that, that he didn't give me that see. On <laughs> so I can build a foundation. So I can build this house. It's going to freeze solid as a rock. It always, it's always winter here, so it's fine. Don't worry. Nobody's going to want to eat our house. <laughs> <laughs> Put plenty of gumdrops on this. It'll turn people off. Spike. We're going to file these gumdrops into spikes, and then it's going to be fine. Ooh, now you're making it sound like that. <laughs> All right, we'll get an Oreo house next year. Like a real fucking, <laughs> if we can make an Oreo like the Saw house. Oh, God. For so sure. Checks this chainsaw mask. Mm-hmm. So now there's a town nearby all of a sudden, and yep. Claus is another montage of Claus growing into a man, and everyone loves him, especially kids. Yeah, but yeah. this montage doesn't really, it's got him like, you know, it just really is an uh, abbreviated montage where it, it seems like Claus is making his living by just reading stories and growing a beard. <laughs> yeah. Which, if that was it, it's <laughs> uh, sign I don't um, I think we're just, we're, there are probably seven chapters of the book we're missing probably. here. You know? Where so, he does a fucking day's work. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we do get the idea that everyone loves him, especially kids. Sure. Um, and <laughs> then, then one night. Nasil sends him an older middle-aged, he's like now in his forties. Uh huh. She sends him a black cat called Blinky. Oh, I didn't realize she saw, oh, must've been cut out of mine. And, and Shiagra is not amused. So now they have this little black kitten in the house and yeah. Shiagra the lioness, who's immortal, clearly, uh, clearly. Uh, not aging, which I didn't realize until the end when I'm like, it's been like 60 years. How's this lion still <laughs> kicking around? She looks great. Um, and then as they're all sitting inside and Claus is talking about how they all have to learn to get along. Yeah. A kid. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I have to get through it. This is fucking fantastic. No, no, what, what happens, Chelsea? Chelsea, you've seen this a hundred times. What happens? It's not funny. It's not funny. Sorry, I have to get this sentence out. A little orphan comes to the window and totally me and little Andy's outside. Claws his window. You know that Dolly Parton song, Me and Little Andy? You know that song? <laughs> it really took me a second. I just have here, so some fucking kid falls asleep falls asleep in a snowbank and almost dies. He mean little Andy's outside. It sounds like you're saying mean little Andy. No, me and little Andy. Which is me. I was, mean, a, I was mean little Andy. Pushing a, kids into snowbanks and trying to get them to it's die. It's an amazing Dolly Parton song about this kid that comes to Dolly's house one night. Ain't you got no something? Ain't you got no ginger? Bread, and she got no candy, and she got no, and she got a Check nice it. warm bed for yeah. me and little Andy. Little Andy's the dog. Yeah, it turns out they're both dead the they whole all, fucking time. No, they die in the night. She takes them in. <laughs> <laughs> she takes them in. Um, uh, would the gingerbread? I think have it's saved mama's. Uh, mama's gone away again. Daddy's drunk in town again, or sure. something. It's this kid is the most tragic you, story. You, you seem to enjoy Dolly Parton. I love Dolly Parton. Okay, that's fantastic. Are you aware of the song? Well, are you aware of the movie Rhinestone? Sure. Are you aware of the song Drinkenstein? No. Is that about a guy who turns into a monster when he drinks? Correct. Yeah, yeah I get that from the title. Lyrics are as such. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's based on a sonnet. Uh, it's, uh, uh, Percy Shelley. Budweiser, you've created a monster, and they call him Drinkenstein. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. tavern down the street is the laboratory... Where I did it turns to a monster. I feel like we've she's mixed metaphors better <laughs> than that. Um, sure. But anyway, I use me and La- me and little Andy as a verb. This kid, me and little Andy's outside the window of Claus's house. He passes out in a snowbank, and they run outside and save him. And it turns out that this kid's name is Winkum. Okay, and so he ran away from an orphanage. He wakes up, and this is 
I watched this 500 times and I laughed. <laughs> so Winkum, he starts telling he starts telling his story. Winkum starts telling his story about how he was wandering around and it was very cold. Do you remember this part? Yeah. Okay, so you you'll play Winkum explaining what happened to him and I will legitimately without exaggeration do uh do Claus's line. Okay, I hope I remember this correctly. It's fine, just go ahead. Yeah, so he's like, uh, I wandered away from the orphanage and I saw your house and I guess I fell into well, the snowbank. Well, you're okay now. <laughs> so, and he's just like, this kid is talking about the tragic events that almost led to his death and Santa's like, can we speed this along? <laughs> I am a bit familiar with annoying characters, so. Right. If you're, if you're anything like Tinkler, this will go on forever. So let right. me just cut to the chase. So you're he's fine. Like, yeah, you're fine. He's like, you want to go to your parents' house? He's like, I ain't got parents. He's like, well, let's be fucking friends and you can just leave tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I'm not adopting you, but you can stay for the night. And the kid's like, hey, that's a fucking cool cat. Yeah. And then he falls asleep. And then he falls asleep. And so Claus is sitting there whittling something. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, I'm going to whittle this into a cat and paint it so it looks like Blinky, and then I'll give it to him when he wakes up, yeah. and it'll be great. And so that happens, and this kid... We're also led to believe that the toys do not exist in any form in this yeah, world buddy, before this moment. Yeah, will drive that point home here in a second. So this is the first toy that's ever been given, and it's been given when the kid wakes up. Prince so, is like the proto-Christmas seed. Yeah. So Claus has invented toys. Yep. So they go back to the orphanage, and all the kids are very... Jealous and covetous of the cat, but instead of uh, beating Winkum to death, <laughs> they decide they're going to share it one. They're each going to have it for a day. Sure. Um, and they're all going to share the cat. And they sing a song called Big Surprise, which I remembered every word of as soon yeah. as I started watching it. And then Claus goes full Oprah and gives every kid a cat mm, by the cat. end of this song. Mm, cat. Everybody, mm, everybody's cat. got a little cat. Yellow green eyes. And Yellow he's, green eyes. <laughs> he's found his calling. This is how he's going to help people. He's got a soft spot for kids. He wants them to have a good childhood like he did. And um, he can't stand to see unhappy kids. That's what we got from the montage of like the world's greatest hits that the great <laughs> act showed him. And so he starts making toys for all the kids and the demand keeps growing, which keeps him really busy. But he's got this great workshop and all the forest creatures and nooks and fairies, etc., come to help him out. And I guess everything's probably going to be fine from now on. Yeah. No, attack! Uh, rock through the window. Rock through the window. Oh, he also says, rich or poor, children or children, I intend to treat them the same. So yeah. we've got a, another real socialist uh, <laughs> undertone here. So the top 1% <laughs> will also get toys. But so will everyone else. So rock through the window. Rock through the window. And there's a, a note attached, written in, we don't know what language, because uh, it could be anything. It could be anything, but it is the mafia's secret language. <laughs> and it says, well, you should read it in Mafia Talk if you wrote it down. Hey, listen to your clothes. <laughs> Stop making the toys or we're going to get you. Signed, yeah. King Agua. King Agua. According to Tinkler, the Aguas make children do terrible things like steal and disobey their parents. Mm. Oh, and they can make themselves invisible. Sure. So they're like, but these, these toys you've invented are really fucking up our racket of just making children misbehave. Yeah, somehow toys make kids not misbehave, which you is hear that, bribery, <laughs> straight up bribery. But Claus is not cowed. He says, I will continue making toys. This will not stop. We go on as usual. And outside, three very metal yetis are waiting yeah. to kidnap <laughs> him. Yeah, so the metal yetis 
are waiting to kidnap Santa. And kidnap him, they do. They do. They make make themselves invisible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Santa's never learned to fight. Remember the samurais? He was like, that is distasteful to me. I am a pacifist. He's lived around a bunch of immortals who do not know how to, don't need to take care of themselves. Right. So he's tied up and then he's left to be guarded by a spider and a snake in Mm -hmm. a cave. Yeah. It's uh, It looks real bleak. It sure does, but don't worry about it, because he knows, you know, fairies and shit. Right, right. So he does, like, a whistle, and, like, some nooks come running. And well, like, he's basically like, nooks of the forest, come to my aid. And these two nooks show up, and they're like, how did you know hey, the call? Who the fuck it's are like, you? It's like, the call is just, hey, nooks, come save my ass. Yeah, and, like, a basic whistle. Yeah, the, and he basically goes, I know, you, I know your cousin. I know cousin Peter, Peter. Peter Nook. And they're like, okay. They're like, oh, you're Peter's boy? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> So they free him. The Aguas are pissed, and they're like, oh shit, we didn't realize he knew immortals. This is going to make this a little harder. We tried one thing, and that didn't, uh, we, we left him alone. Right. And so they're like, well, obviously we can't kidnap him, but we can keep him from making children happy. Sure. And so they, you know, he's delivering toys on the road, and they steal his shit. Yeah, the, every time we, for 12, 11, 12 times. Well, here's the he thing. Here's the, here's the funny way that they do this is they steal his stuff and he's like, whoa, I won't be so easily beaten next time. Cut to him going, wow, they've done that 12 times now. <laughs> right. The same, it's always on the same road at the same time. I've got a huge bag of toys to yeah. defend myself well. How do they keep beating me? And there's like this next idea is like, I know, I'll go all by myself at night. Yeah, right. When it's even harder to see things and I'm by myself. The by yourself, the at night part I kind of get like maybe to just shake them up. But the <sighs> by yourself part is like you have a literal lion. Yeah. An immortal lion that you're going to leave behind? Tinkler, maybe I understand, but like, she aggro? Yeah. Um, well, maybe you bring Tinkler along in case he maybe gets <laughs> cut down in the melee. So he, again, gets defeated. So Luckily, Shiagra is there to save him. She didn't stay. She kind of followed him from a distance. Yeah. And at this point, the great axe... Ma- uh, the great Ak, master woodman of the world, calls upon the Aguas to face him, and he has the power to force them into in, into visibility. Yeah. And, and he's very embarrassed that his friend Claus has been beaten 14 total times now, <laughs> including the kidnapping and the night walk. Right. He's like, Claus is under my protection, so just lay off. And they basically fight over jurisdiction. Yeah. And the Aguas, are like, the Aguas are like, you control the forest, but the valley is ours. Our powers are as great as you. We don't have to listen to you. Quote. And and war breaks out. Quote, no one is the master of the Aguas, says the king of the Aguas. <laughs> right. Oops. We're a collective, except I'm in charge of everyone. So, so fucking, there's this weird, bleak scene where Ak goes into a private room by himself and opens a box that has an old fucking silver hatchet in right. it. Right. He goes to fetch like Glenn some... during the faux hammer. I mean, the great silver axe. <laughs> well, I compare it to like a medieval John Wick. He's like, I guess I'm back in this shit again. <laughs> right. Basically, getting too old for this. And uh, not but to be. But Rutro, the Hugwas have a fucking dragon. <laughs> <laughs> that somebody beats with a branch. Look. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, uh, skip over all the excitement here, but here's the bottom line. They murder all the Aguas. <laughs> they kill all the Aguas. They turn them into, so a, the Agua turn show them into up. a flower. The Aguas show yeah. up and they are big yeah. and they are brutal looking and mm. they have a dragon yep. and they have a three-eyed troll yep. and they can go invisible and the fairies show up and they are <laughs> plump. They are small. Some of them can fly low to the ground. They mostly have sticks. I'm surprised they didn't all come with, like, thank you cards for the Aguas. Thank you for going to war with us. 
and they they destroy them. Yeah. They murder all the Aguas right. and the troll and the dragon. The immortals are very plucky, and I guess that they're all because they said earlier that the Great Ack had the ability to force them into visibility. Mm-hmm. I guess he's exercising that all during the war I because so. none of them go invisible at well, any point. It, it would have been a shorter war. Yeah, I, I'm guessing it would have been much less. But as it is, they might as well have just gone home. And then it turns out the axe shoots. Yeah, it's the fucking thing. <laughs> Somebody's like rushes Ack and he's like, I've got this axe. And he's, oh, Ack, Axe. I get it. Uh, yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, better watch out for that axe. And he's like, fuck you. It shoots lasers, dummy. <laughs> it shoots and incinerates that <laughs> thing me in the, the sky. So ack. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, um, murder, it murder. happens really quickly. And then and they cut to Santa having trouble pulling a sleigh. Well, like, he says it is the law the good shall overcome evil. That feels oh, important. That's sure. the declaration at the end. Immortals win. Yeah, but we know how flimsy that fucking law is. So <laughs> evil can be like, but if you change the law, right, then the law's right. changed. Did you forget about your own tour there? Great ack. ack. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So now the next thing we have is Claw's he can now deliver his toys in safety. The Aguas have perished, except new wrinkle. He's got a sleigh, and it's too heavy. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. Because she, poor Shiagra the people. lioness has been pulling this sleigh this whole time. Like, she's not built for that. She's a, she's built for speed. I'm going to say right now, if I'm in that council, I'm voting no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we had to murder an entire race of people, and then he had trouble pulling. It's like, what? Wait, what? Right. He tried the same thing 14 times, and, got, <laughs> and then he was like, I can't I said pull. he was good, not smart. Okay. So, right. yeah. He is the little one, not the <laughs> right. competent one. We might have coddled him too much yeah. during his storied childhood. So Peter Nook shows up again. He's in charge of all the animals, and yep. he's got some reindeer that run so fast it's like they're flying. And he's willing to loan them. Yeah, but he's, for one single fucking night. But they have to be back in the forest before daybreak. Thanks, Peter Nook. <laughs> what, a, yeah, what a pal. Yeah, yeah, right. Now they go off. He and Tingler and Chiagra, who's now just coming along for the ride. Did you see this one cut to Chiagra? So the, yeah, the reindeer are like bounding over the landscape. Right. Just a quick cut to Shiagra, who looks super depressed. Ew, I thought she was sleeping. <laughs> she was no, just, she's just staring off into the void. <laughs> I used to have a job. First I was his protector. Now I, the Aguas are dead. This valley isn't then so... Then I pulled this thing. <laughs> now I don't pull it anymore. Guess I'll just live forever in worthlessness. <laughs> gonna put, put old Shiagra out to pasture. I'm like, shit, Agra. <laughs> oh. So new wrinkle when they get to the first house... All the doors are locked. Santa fucking gives up. <laughs> He's like, I guess we're done for. And fucking Tinkler has to be like, no, man, we came all this way to do anything else. He's like, no, the door didn't budge. He's like, we never tried this at night before. So I guess he's used to just walking into people's houses in broad daylight. Well, what are we going to do? Let's throw these toys on a fire. <laughs> Tinkler's like, uh, I guess you should go down the chimney, maybe. So Santa <laughs> thinks that's a good idea. He finds the stockings the children have hung by the chimney to dry. And he's like, this is a good place for a morning surprise. And yeah. he sticks some toys in those stockings. Next morning, we cut to these kids who are super excited about it, but are puzzled at how uh, Claus got into their house. And one, the father, who's played by the puppet of Michael Shannon, says... <laughs> Saying like Claus has no need to unlock doors if it pleases him to enter our home. 
Also, someone says his, they must be from Santa Claus. His are the only toys in the world. Yeah. It's like, then what are you, how do you know they're called toys? Like, what are you comparing them to? Also, yeah, there's lots of inconsistencies. (laughs) Let's keep moving because my favorite inconsistency. But anyway, this is where the name Santa Claus happens for this first time. The kids are so happy. They call him Saint Claus, Santa Claus. That's Um, really, that's quite a leap. This is where we get Santa Claus for the first time. So then Peter Nook is very pissed off because Claus gets oh, the reindeer back. Oh, also the parents back. fucking start making out hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> they look up, there's some mistletoe, and they're like, blah, blah, blah. Peter Nook is real salty about the fact that Claus gets the reindeer back one minute after daybreak. Yeah. And everyone's like, come on, let him use the reindeer. Come on, you know you want to let him use the reindeer again. And Peter Nook is like, okay, but only once a year. On Christmas Eve. That's the only time you can have these reindeer. Which is in nine days. Yeah, ten, which, well, ten days. Excuse me, ten days, which means he's just given everybody a bunch of fucking toys. Yeah, exactly. So it's And now like, they're like, but we have to do it again in ten days. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You got a year in ten days, yeah, buddy. Yeah, a year in ten days. Yeah, but no. In order to be ready, they're like, we'll have to find all those toys that the Aguas stole. Um, because the Aguas weren't destroying the toys. They were neatly keeping them in caves. Yeah, they, they, they were really they very tender Yeah, at heart. They're not mad at the toys. They're mad at, they hate kids. And folks, so fucking Santa Claus is super upset that the children will be disappointed on Christmas Eve for the Christmas Eve tradition that has not started yet. No one's expecting them. They'll be crushed when that thing that never happens also doesn't happen again. It's going to be the fire festival all over again. <laughs> these poor kids. <laughs> Fucking Sneakle's going to have to blow somebody for water. It's not going to be good. Those documentaries are the best. <laughs> so good. They might as well be like, if you need to teach hubris, fucking just... <laughs> Between that and the Theranos documentaries we got this mm. year, it was a good, <mwah> a good year for Shannon... Yeah, what is it? Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Yeah, <laughs> can't pronounce it. It doesn't matter. I need Tingler. Um, so Tinkler. <laughs> so just as Claus is about to give up and go to sleep on Christmas Eve, because they still haven't found the, the, the trove of hidden toys, yeah. Peter Nook shows up with the toys in the sleigh and him? the reindeer. How'd he get them? Yeah, we don't know. How'd he get them? We don't know. Meh. Found him. Meh. No Somehow time. found him. Reindeer Christmas sniffed, is saved. Reindeer sniffed him out. Yeah, first Christmas Eve. And then we hear a voiceover of the great act saying, his generous deeds will live forever. Yep. So now we are approaching the inmost cave. We're back at the fellowship of the Claus table. And the great act is finishing his tale. Yep. He says, Claus has been delivering toys for 50 years, and now the spirit of death hovers over him. <laughs> it, is, it's, it is basically the, the wind demon guy says, hey, this guy sounds great. Act says, yeah, he's going to fucking die. Yeah, in a world where everything is so clearly illustrated and personified, I would expect the specter of death to be an actual thing that's walking Why isn't the, behind him. Well, also, maybe he should be invited to this fucking immortals meeting <laughs> well no he's not immortal yet he just comes to visit no the specter of death oh yeah no yeah right you the specter of death is just something thinking. different um, they don't know him though because they're immortals they've never met him they also, just know when he's around here's the thing the great act I know you're immortal and time's all slippery slidey Maybe you want to meet the council a couple days before Santa Claus. <laughs> right, dies. right, right. You really left this to Maybe the last a week? minute. Yeah, I don't know. Coming down the wire. Whatever. So, Claus. We go back to super old Claus um, with Tinkler and Shiagra who have an age today, and he's resigned to his fate. He says, "All mortal life comes to an end. I've had a good." run you know i've delivered a lot of presents made a lot of people happy decorate this tree to remember me and they're like thanks now we have a chore <laughs> he's decorated a pine tree outside yeah. you know it's the first christmas tree and he's like tinkler says we'll do it every year 
and <laughs> in your memory. And so now we get to the supreme ordeal. Mm-hmm. And this is, we, we do a deep dive into like this mythological object. There's one mantle of immortality in the whole world. Yep. It has existed since the beginning of time. No mortal has dared to claim it. And the Council of Immortals has not deigned to give it to anyone yet. No, it's just sitting around. It's just sitting around. The Great Ack wants to give it to Claus, his one human friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he can continue his good deeds. And he says, what will it profit any of us if it is allowed to remain in its lonely shrine for all time to come? And much like Ack being checkmated earlier, people are like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess use it or lose it, huh? With yeah. the immortal <laughs> immortality. Use it or lose it. <laughs> <sighs> I guess we'll never get another one. And But we've met... Have you met a... No, just Axe met one human. That's the I only human any of us friend, have ever met. Uh, named Hitler. Should we give it to him? No. <laughs> no. No. So, yeah. No. So they what vote you... friend Jeff? No? <laughs> Jeff sounds okay. cool. So they vote <laughs> unanimously to make Santa immortal. But they hold the vote. And even though everybody votes I, he goes, against? Like anyone's going to put their I hand up I wish somebody had just been like, I'm not into it. One of the princess <laughs> Twilight's like, I'm sorry. Mm. I just, I can't. Nay. So, so now we get to the reward consequences, which is, of course, immortality clauses. Allowed to become immortal. He goes to bed. Um, the um, golden mantle is sent to him as mm-hmm. and covers him as he falls asleep. Nasil, his fairy mother, is also there. And she says, sleep, my immortal son, and awake to a new life. Yeah. Which would be a good end, except it's not. There's like a tiny tag no. tag the next he morning. Die here, and then he's immortal. Yeah, like he dies to human life so and he's wakes up immortal. Pretty much a vampire now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Hundo P. But he needs the joy of children instead of the blood of humans. Oh, that's right. Because at the end, he says, "For all the world, there's nothing more tasty than a happy child." It's <laughs> not what he says. Oh. So the great act shows up the next morning, and he and Santa says, "Thank you. I will try to be worthy of this." In all the world, there is nothing so beautiful as a happy child, which feels like the thesis statement of this the thing first and, and maybe last. the book. Yeah. And Chiagra roars and a star twinkles and it is over. That is, And it is over, over. <laughs> we are done. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> I guess we're just supposed to fill in the blanks with the rest of Santa Claus's life and adventure, which is, this is just a small, this is 60 years of it. Yeah, this is just this, this is his origin story. What do we do now? And then you <laughs> jump to Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. <laughs> we have John Lithgow in between. Uh, no, I mean, what do we do now? Well, this is the thing. Yeah. What do you think the moral of this movie is. Oh, well, the moral of If you're going to show it to a kid and hoping to teach them something, what do you think that they would learn from if it? If you show the version that I watched with all the pieces cut out and the coughing in the background, <laughs> hopefully it teaches somebody how to digitally transfer a thing. <laughs> or at least not to attempt things they're not able to fucking do. <laughs> you dumb. to the sun. But thanks, YouTube guy, <laughs> who made this possible for me to watch. If you show them my version, it's like, hey, kid, all of humanity sucks, but not as much as kids do. <laughs> oh, oh, see, this is what little Chelsea took away all from right, it. Please. And what I still feel like is is the sort of overarching theme is that it's a real secular morality tale. Mm-hmm. So there's no mention of, as much as there's Christmas all throughout the same, there's no mention of Jesus. Then there's no mention of any sort of religiosity at all. Oh. But it's like the thesis is you find the thing that you can do that makes people happy and you do it and you don't let anything stop you from making other people happy and making the world a better place. And then when you die, your good deeds will live on and maybe you'll even get immortal life. Maybe. So that is what I take away from it. Um, but there is a, this undertone of humanity is fucking terrible. So shouldn't we all be working to make it 
even a I tiny mean, bit better. Yeah. Yes. It would be a more powerful message if Santa Claus in this wasn't the equivalent of a video game non-player character that you have to escort through a place. <laughs> like everybody has to murder the entire world and like point and click on the oh, roof. Oh shit, he's, he's click falling on the, behind click me on the and chimney, I have to go back Click on the chimney him. again. <laughs> click on the chimney again. Why aren't you going on the fucking chimney? Go on the fucking chimney. You, I'm going to shoot him myself. <laughs> oh, and then you good. have to reload your save point. Oh, the like Agua's got him. I got to reload my save. Yeah. Give me my laser axe. I'll take care of all of this. <laughs> I'm Santa Claus now. I agree with that sentiment. I just think that Santa Claus is is an oaf in yeah. this. He's just he's just dumb. I feel like every time you go back to Santa Claus, he's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm pulling, but pulling isn't making things go. <laughs> my door locked. Go home. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I, I get it. I, I understand that if you are a child and uh, just as smart as Santa Claus is, <laughs> yeah. a five-year-old, yeah. then yeah, there is a message in here for kids, and that's that's great. That the yeah. genuinely something that's not like do it so that you can have a reward in heaven, right? You know, uh, I'm really curious to read the book now. Are you going to read the yeah, book? I think I'm going to read the book. All right, well, update us when you do. Yeah, I'll let you know. All right, put it on my list. I, I feel like I'll just watch you become the end of Flowers for Algernon as you read it. <laughs> hey, speaking of updates, did you guys hear what uh, the mystery Oreos? Um, no. Did you look it up? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it took him forever, I feel like, to publish we, we've this We've talked about bullshit. this on the show at least two times yeah, since we tried Yeah, because it them. was supposed to be revealed in November, and then we kept checking back, and there was nothing. Yeah. Yeah, we still have some in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Go, what, what, what's it? What is the officially, Miles... What is the mystery flavor? I guessed Apple Jacks. I guess on the website. Oh, let me remind you. On the website, I guessed cinnamon. Okay. Go ahead, Miles. Okay, here it is. Churros. That's cinnamon. That's just cinnamon. That's cinnamon bread. Cinnamon. Churros. So. Everything is churros now. Remember we had... Um, Wait, do we, I win? We had... You Wait. win $50,000. Hold on, let me open my wallet. <laughs> nope, just moths. <laughs> we, we had churro-flavored Cinnamon Toast Crunch yeah. once, and then I recently got a bag of like churro-flavored sweet chips from Trader Joe's. Yeah. I feel like churros are having a moment. I'm still saving up all of my money to someday be able to afford a churro from Walt Disneyland. <laughs> oh, wow. I hope to someday get that. <laughs> they sure are expensive. <laughs> I feel like we just talked about what we learned, which is Santa Claus is stupid. Yeah, definitely got but the But try morality. to do good things. I want to hug Shiagra. I think so too, especially after that one. Like, really, she looked super lost. Yeah, and <laughs> upset. They keep giving me missions, then moving the goalpost. What is a lioness to why do? I, why can't I die? <laughs> Shiagra has watched all of her friends perish. <laughs> all I did was take care of a human child. Now Shiagra must watch the world burn, <laughs> and still I cannot get the sweet release of death. Oh, oh! Now Santa's immortal too. Fantastic! Looks like all these doofuses are hanging out. With so the rest I can of do my this life. job for the rest of eternity. Well, at least I'll definitely be remi- remembered in every single Santa Claus story. Uh, what's uh, that? Uh, no, just the weird no. one. Okay. <laughs> Guess I'll go jump off a cliff with my fingers crossed again. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, I want to hug Shiagra um, for real. Um, 
So thank you all. Uh, yeah. We are super excited. The holiday season is upon us and yeah. we get to do these things, which, you know. I was legit excited to watch this. They take us out of our comfort zone <laughs> and into our coked up anger <laughs> zone. Uh, and nothing is going to be more coked up and angry than what we do next week, Chelsea. Yes. Uh, as promised, I think... 10 months ago. Yeah, the beginning of this whim, season. <laughs> just offhandedly mentioned. <laughs> next week, we are going to do the New Kids on the Block cartoon Christmas special. Yes, we are. Which, good luck finding this streaming anywhere. I found it on YouTube. YouTube! Yep, so. It is on YouTube. Yeah. And folks, I know that we, we, we don't often be like, hey, you should definitely watch this. You should... Definitely. Definitely. Watch this. It's only like 25 minutes long or something. It's only 25 minutes long. It will be hard to understand, even as yeah. good as we are at explaining things. If you don't watch this, it will be hard to comprehend I what's happening. I have copious notes. I have so many notes. I, I stop it every be, 30 seconds. It's going to be a lot. Yeah, long. I'm going to have to like take a, a long nap to get the energy to get <laughs> yes, through this. So true. So thank you again for listening. Uh, thank you for joining us again at Christmas holiday season time. And we will talk to you next time. Bring snacks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks!